So uh, welcome, Sam. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Candle of Tales podcast and Aaron. Thank and thank you so much for lending your voice and your story to the podcast uh, with Isis and Hypnos, which was a very cool story. Yeah. Uh, that Iris. I think you had very important iris not isis i kept fucking do you know what i i had a mental block because i kept going no it's not iris it's isis no it's not isis it's iris and i kept going back and forth between the two of them and i just got wildly stuck on the wrong one um but yes iris and hypnos which is very important and they are very different mythological characters And come here, Sam, we guys, we, we've known you guys, the Embers Collective, for a while and to introduce the Embers Collective, the Candle of Tales kind of podcast group. Now, it's been great to see you guys. In fact, you you were the ones who made us kind of get the ass into gear for getting the podcast together, uh, which was great. Oh. And uh, we were over in London a couple of times. Was it twice or once? I can't remember. Me and Ruben Yeah, I mean, over. I guess for anyone who doesn't know us, um, how you doing? My name is Sam Ricks from the... And I'm from the Embers Collective, um, and we are situated in a little island off the coast of Ireland called Britain. <laughs> I don't know if you guys it's a good heard of it in London. Nice. And um, we, like tell, we, have, we make shows like the wonderful people at Candlelit Tales do, um, but we take stories from around the world and tell original myths as well, set them to live music, and we also will make theatre shows out of them as well. We, um, we team up with um, well, there's, there's, there's a group called Stumble Trip Theatre and we make uh, fringe theatre shows with them as well. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed to make sense that everyone was starting podcasts and um, it was Lone and Jenkins actually who, who pushed us into it because my inclination as it is with everything is, well, how much effort is that going to be on my part? No, I'm not interested. And he was going, come on, the whole fucking world and his wife is starting. Sorry, can I swear? Oh God, yeah. Ah, Jesus, yeah. Wouldn't worry about Thank it. goodness. Thank goodness. Um, the <laughs> this is not radio is friendly. It. All of ours yeah. are tagged like eighteen plus, just in case we feel like throwing a swear word in. You know, it's like nah, you, work away. It's, you've got to check that, haven't you? Um, yeah. yeah. And he was like, "Look, everyone's doing it," um, and and we started doing it, and it, and it makes such um, it makes sense the medium completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and course, it's really fun to change the way you tell a story for a live audience. And turning that um, into a way a performance for a an audio, listener. yeah. And and come here, uh, like I have seen you. You're both and I like you're the actor of the Embers Collective, and and I guess Tim Carp is the musician of the mm. Embers. And you, you, I know you link up, and Lonan is the uh, the steward and the encyclopedia knowledge. I guess he's also a fantastic storyteller. But I I, I I I I loved seeing kind of similarities between kind of Surika and Lonan, and and even me and you in terms of the yeah. theatricality of telling stories. And I guess it's it's been a bit of a tough kind of couple of years in the in the acting theater <laughs> fiascos that's been going on. But it has, I guess, well, I've certainly found stories to give a huge kind of sense of ownership over the craft of performing in my own space and time and, and to be able to do something in the wait and the long wait for the actual live to return. Have you had a bit of a similar connection to that? Absolutely. I mean, I... Um... Yeah, I'm an actor and, you know, traditionally it's not the most stable of uh, career paths. And that's fine. I think the main thing for me is finding something to do 
in between the acting gigs and not waiting for that permission to be creative. Um, yeah. You know, actors are storytellers, they're, they're writers. And so doing the Embers Collective is, is one of the ways with which I'm to, able to exercise those creative juices. I also perform as a comedy character called Jim Clapp. And so I did, well, before the pandemic, I was doing live gigs um, and had a, an hour long one man show with that stuff. And then um, I also, during the pandemic, it galvanized me to get this other project that I have in my mind, I had in my mind uh, up and running called Piano Teeth, which is a, I would say comedy, horror, absurd storytelling podcast, which you can access wherever you want. And I release a monthly episode um, as a character mm-hmm. called Piano Teeth, who has no skin and lives in a bath with a cross-dressing toad drinking bleach. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. the creative so, mind of Sam Rixey, everyone. That's yeah, it's, it's stories that, um, that wouldn't quite work with the Embers Collective that I just <laughs> wanted to sort of tell. But it's, it's, it's funny what you say about stories empowering you and empowering other people, because I, I come and go with it constantly where I'm going, oh, just, you know, stupid storyteller, stupid writer. And I don't, I, I, because you're so close to it all the time, you forget how magical it can be. And mm-hmm. then when I'm sat watching someone just take me away or... I'm sat watching a theatre show or a wonderful film in a in a cinema or you know I'm a storyteller um, or a comedian and I go yes it is magic it is literal magic like your words are spells and I have been transported to somewhere else and it's funny how during the pandemic in this country um, the creative industries were deemed non-essential um, and where we were told to retrain as this, that, and the other by our delightful government. And, um, and actually, more than anything, it just showed how essential we were. Mm-hmm. Because everyone was sat there watching films, listening to yeah. podcasts, TV series, and how much people missed live performances yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i think it really it really made it very clear how very essential the arts actually is because yeah like you said that absence of human connection um that absence of being able to just get together that's all anyone was doing at home was watching and listening and consuming arts and this idea that like that it is somehow frivolous or non-essential or like superfluous. Like you have your bread and butter. And then if all of that is taken care of, maybe you go and do a little dance. <laughs> you know, that kind of patronizing attitude to yeah. the arts of like, well, it's nice if, but it's the icing on the cake and really what you need is the cake. No, no, it's an essential part of fucking humanity. Well, speaking of essential uh, performances, Sirka, you're going off to perform in the Randall Arts uh, Festival tonight, aren't you? This um, is going to be, um, uh, yes, get your tickets last week well, if you hear no, this on the podcast. It, it, <laughs> I mean, remember uh, the last time I performed in the Randall Arts Festival was also with Sam Rixey, Lona Jenkins That's, and Tim oh, Carroll. Right. No way. Yeah. We, we, to, we, we took over a church. That was a laugh, wasn't it? Wasn't so it great? That's where all echoes theory this came is, from. That was the yeah. show that we called oh, Origin. Origin. We call that, that Origin. Time I've ever been in Ireland. Was it mm. amazing? I remember. Time. Yeah, I remember meeting you guys, and and it was the yourself and Lonan and Tim. I think came over that time. Sarah wasn't with you, but we 
we had a whole uh, set of stories because we dipped into world mythology, which we don't normally do. And uh, we we were telling origin stories from around the world, which was very- We should do that again, you know. We should do that again. We should come over to Dublin. It's such a good time because it was the first time I'd ever been to Ireland, which is shocking because my girlfriend is Irish, um, not from Dublin, from Cork. And you know, she comes to be much saying- better, superior. Much better, much better. Yeah, skibbereen. Thank God. Oh, um, what a spot. Yeah. Jeez. And um, I knew and you so, were a good uh, egg, Sam. I knew you were a good egg. Yeah, well, this is it. And and so she's from County Kilburn in northwest London. And um <laughs> and uh obviously the whole talk has been like, you know, with her gran and, and with herself. So we're gonna, we're gonna go back to Ireland, we're gonna go take a tour around all the places, back to the old country and all that. And then I had the good fortune of performing in Dublin and um and I was just like, why have I not been to this place before? This is this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah every yeah. single pub is full of people that just want to talk to you because you're a human being. And then when they find out you're from somewhere else, that means the conversation just goes on for 20 minutes longer. Oh, mate, it's great. <laughs> it was banging. And then we did a, then we did a lovely show. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't buy a pint all night. It was, it was amazing. It was yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're um, flaunting your new veganism and, and healthy style and everything. Everyone was feeling yes. great drinking Guinness, looking at you going, healthy, smug prick. Yes. <laughs> that, that veganism went out the window after a month. I'm not going to, it was, it was <laughs> bad. I will, <laughs> We've all been there, man. We've all been there. Yeah. Bad vegan. Um, uh, no, that no, was, that was, was a lovely, fun. that was a lovely time at the Ran Laris Festival and we definitely should do it again. Um, so let's talk about the story that you picked for uh, this podcast. Um, Iris and Hypnos. See, I got it right, man. I got it right. Yeah, well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's what can I say? It's it's an ancient Greek myth, um, and they. What I love about the ancient Greek myths, which is actually very similar to well, all mythology, is the personification of of nature, of emotions, of, of feelings. And um, I came across the bones of the story. Uh, just in this book of Greek myths I've got. And I was like, this, I love this. I love this imagery of this um, lady going down, well, this goddess going down to meet the, the god of sleep and his cave surrounded by poppies and how his children are phobia and Phantos and he's the cousin of death. And, and also the, the thing that tied it together was a love story. Um, and it's... Uh, a really beautiful one because it's someone who wants what is impossible, which is to resurrect the dead and uh, and see their lover one last time. Which is, it's the most tragic, like, you know, it's the most tragic thing in the world is to have someone robbed from you too soon. And um, what is beautiful about that story is, which is always similar in your story, is that the soup, the, the impossible happens, and time is stopped or the dead come back and you're able to make your peace with it. You're able to have your time with it. And that's what is so special about stories because you can make the impossible happen. Mm. Uh, how many people want that is just to see that one person walk through the fucking door one last time. And sadly it won't. Um, mm. And, or it will, if you believe in magic and you believe in stories. And that's why they're so important to tell. And, I think that's... Um, there's something in, you know, you were talking about spells uh, and, and spell binding. And I always mm. think, you know, 
the root of the word for spelling as in writing is the same as the root of the word for spelling as in magic spells, because those two things were connected. You know, the act of writing and storytelling is it is a type of magic. It is a type of magic spell that you can cast. And I think that whole idea of extending time with your loved ones, it's something that story can do. It is a magic mm. that story can make. You know, if you've ever been if you've ever been to a funeral, certainly if you've ever been to a funeral in Ireland, it's all storytelling. It's all telling stories about the the, the lost loved ones and bringing them back in that way and letting them walk through the door again in that way. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a real kind of practical magic, which is a lot less uh, magical than in, in the Iris and Hypno story in one way. But, you know, I just think it's a, it's a lovely thing. But it's, it's you, you, thing. you can conjure these people back up. And it's like, when you're... When we when someone's name is no longer spoken is when they're truly gone is a yeah. saying uh, that I know from England. I'm sure there's something similar, and um, and it's that it's that idea that that is also the similarity with your story um, is that idea that once something's truly at an end, you can begin again, and we mm-hmm. need to come together and we need to have that ritual, we need to have that moment, we need to have that time together. Um, I, I saw. I found it such an important part of that story was recognizing that need to to say goodbye. Um, otherwise, you you feel lost. You feel unanchored. You feel detached. It's there's no closure to it. And um, and so yeah, it's, it's a very multi layered story, and it and it brings in a lot of um, just a lot of different things. I mean, there's a real wild trippy bit in it when she's going down sleep because you can lose yourself in these this i love this but i love because yeah. you did it so atmospherically and like so kind of uh you know the the, the panning of the your voice coming mm. from different ears so you really got the sense of kind of weightlessness and kind of falling yeah. in a space the disorientation really... yeah absolutely i love that aspect i gave a little bit of a nod to it in my story but i <laughs> No, you really did. And to be like credit, credits where credits due. That was uh, Tim Carp, who's our mm. sort of producer musician. And I sent it to him, and he was like, "What do you want for this?" And I went, "Do you know what? To just go to town, man. Go yeah, to town." Did. And uh, and mm. yeah, he really did. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. All he the really way. Did. I think he got a new like effects um, software on his laptop. Yeah, just, probably. Yeah. Hate with this. Yeah, yeah, nice. Amazing. Nice. Yeah, Amazing. I, I, I love that. Um, I, I mean. I love this this challenge of 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 having an echo in a story or having, you know, crossovers because I think the you know as we've been looking at it on, you know, over the few years we've constantly said there's a, there's only really seven stories and you know that takes a bit of, you know, digging and if you look at it you can kind of make the arguments you know like ah it's a quest story ah it's a um you know adversity story you know getting over the evil or uh, attacking the monster or you you rattle them off there so it could probably be more coherently yeah, than me there's, there's but quest and there's voyage and return and there's uh, yeah like overcoming said, the monster a, and blah, there's blah, blah. Over, rags to riches there's, there's there's a limited number of story pathways that all stories kind of similarly follow but there's mm-hmm. such diversity within that um, it was kind of tricky to find the thing that like what what, it, what was your story about you know mm-hmm. ultimately as hearing it um you know, it's a it's a tragic love story. It, if I wanted to boil it down to like a 
what 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 are we kind of talking about with echoes and with kind of other um it's there's certainly a a a journey in there and a voyage kind of in that passage mm-hmm. into the other world and, and coming back and return and the return isn't very good though you know they don't end up very much better off they kind of end up kind of worse off i gotta say i thought it was interesting that you chose the love story aspect to echo because i think i think this is kind of this is one of the interesting things about like this sort of idea that we've sort of we're playing around with in this series of like hearing a story and then going okay to me the aspect of this that is the strongest or the aspect of this that i would like to Mm. you know reflect back on is is this aspect and like Greek mythology in some ways is so different to Irish mythology because Greek mythology was like it was well written down they had a very Mm. kind of rationalistic culture at a certain point that was very into like you know like the logic of it is so good like here is Hypnos who was the brother of death and his children are phobia and what was the other one like Phantos and phobia and like that all makes sense that is so fucking logical And then when you try and transpose the Greek hero or the Greek gods onto like the Irish pantheon of gods or godlike beings or the Tuatha Dé Danann, (laughs) good fucking luck. It just doesn't work. Like who who's Hera even there? We don't have a king and queen god that are straightforward because they Mm. succeed each other and they fight with each other. And they there's like it's so much less hierarchical. Maybe Please. sure, but then that's that's Poseidon and Mananon would be the, like yeah. it doesn't yeah, map. Yeah, it doesn't match. It doesn't, match. It doesn't and, map and very me, well. Hear me out for this broad brushstroke of uh, of my take on Irish Irish culture there, but the messiness and the wildness and the seemingly random nature of Irish mythology, I do think, is very suited to nice. the nation. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think it's like a borderline like like, dodgy thing as an Englishman to be saying, but I think you're (laughs) I think you're right. That's why I said please allow me to do a broad brushstroke. Um but it's 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 that and also it's also the thing of um it's it's the the, you were the people from somewhere else with the Chew of the Danon now, and it's that idea that um like we we don't know why Mm. we're here, but we're here, so we might as well like make the best of it. And um and I think as well that a lot of it is is lost in in translation. Like there's so many, there's so much ancient mythology which I'm sadly will never hear. Um, mm. There's a, a whole collection of like English folk to, folklore that was uh, destroyed by the church because it yeah. was to do with women and like witches and the Celtic yeah. uh, uh, lineage. And because it was oral, that dies with the people that tell it. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's very patchy and a lot of it doesn't necessarily make sense. And I think a lot of it, I can, okay, I'll speak for what's known as like the, a very famous British myth cycle, which is the uh, King Arthur, the Arthurian mm. legends. Um, and that's a Celtic, Platonic uh, yeah. myth cycle. But then you throw in, uh, you know, a bit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Grail, and suddenly we got ourselves a biblical story. Yeah. It's the same with... Beowulf, which is the oldest story ever written down in Old English, and you know that's about Vikings. Um, it's an acknowledgement that these that the English were from somewhere else. But you know, you throw in the help of Jesus Christ and God, and suddenly you've got a biblical story. Um, yeah, and absolutely. So, they keep yeah, trying to do that in myths, 
for in Ireland as well. They keep on trying to make yeah. it a little bit of a Catholic age, but it was it was the monks but who wrote them down. So you're like, yeah, well, fair. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's true across the British Isles as well, because although the the Romans did arrive in 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 Britain and, and they didn't they didn't quite make it to Scotland and Ireland, um, no, so there was. Good. There was some writing systems coming in um, along with them as well, whereas in Ireland we didn't get any until the the early Christian monks arrived and started writing stuff down. So there's no kind of unadulterated sources. And then, of course, as you said, like there was so much that was actively destroyed and suppressed. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment called um, Witches, Midwives and Nurses, A History of Women Healers. And ooh. it's... You know, without without hanging too much on the church, because I know it does a lot of good and it has done a lot of good, etc. However, um, the like the British Isles are an absolute hodgepodge of cultures, languages, people, tribes, etc. And they were just homogenized under this um, this doctrine. And it's a really good way of establishing a nation. And what a country was was to just keep. And, you know, we have King Alfred, I guess, to thank for that. But. Um, you realise how much is gone, and I'm just reading this, and it's about the the women healers of old, and yeah. um, and the the knowledge that they had was considered heathen and pagan, and really they were just using natural, like natural plants and uh, uh, I tell you, plants berries. But yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, my, my my girlfriend has um, been getting into um, mushroom. Uh, you know foraging and yeah. this this thing called artist conch is a uh, really good for inflammation concentration focus and uh she went outside in the back garden and she's like aaron you've loaded this artist conch growing. of course you can do so he, brewing it up and I, I have had it up for the last week just kind of in a pot this tea and you kind of get it's like you know it's the perfect amount of like really really super sober but kind of a bit stoned like you're so sober but you can kind of see a part of your brain being a bit stoned like going on there but like it's more kind of hyper focus and vigilance and yeah. apparently it's good for your immune system so <laughs> i'll take it this i want some of this yeah of course i artist conch uh, i'm yeah. sure it grows here as well it, oh, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of mushrooms that grow it's on these islands one. and they yes. are um extremely powerful and potent a lot of them yeah. and that's um, what you know that's what people were probably whacked out their heads on like back in the day you had these 100%. fellas um, painting themselves blue and charging naked at the Roman soldiers. Yeah. Um, someone that much. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And then we're, we're always talking about it on our podcast as well. It's just like how much is lost. And, and I, I do always have to stress, like, um, it is unfortunately, you know, history was the way it was and mm. things happened that we aren't in control of. And that's why we are where we are. But sure. it's, it's just so... Um, it's it, it's just tragic really um, well it's it's something we talk about a lot as well on on mm. on our podcast that like it is both a tragedy and an opportunity because one of the things that you can do when there's so much that's lost is you can reinvent you whereas you know oral traditions are oral traditions are incredibly uh, conservative they stay very consistent and they stay very similar and like the storyteller does not actually have any leeway to change the ending of the story because the audience knows the story. And so they tend to like, you'll get examples. I remember seeing a thing um, like you, you'll get examples of like dead languages being preserved in the chorus of a song because mm. everybody knows the chorus of the song, but the language will be fucking word perfect and syllable perfect. 
even though nobody remembers examples? what it means anymore. Have you got any examples of that? Um, I saw a thing. I saw a girl on TikTok describing a song from the Orkneys that was an old trad folk song where they kept, and it was like a, 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 a scholar in this old Northern tongue that is like fully extinct, was talking to a guy on the Orkneys who was like, oh, here's this song that's a nonsense song. And the scholar was like, that's not nonsense. That's fucking old. That's this old dead language that you're singing. Beautiful. Um, I can't remember what the song was called, but like very fucking cool example. I'll I'll try and find the the, the video actually and send it to you because it was very cool. It's kind of transformation. It's kind of kind of amalgamation and being given the leeway to to adapt and to change. And like, that's again, one of the reasons I love this kind of, (laughs) I'm saying challenge, Uh, but I did this uh, series was because like, okay, First of all, we want to pick a story and it's a great opportunity just to, to be free and kind of artistically engaged to just have any story to try and match it with this already beautifully prepared story and, and, and narrative and then go, OK, what is it that we want to fo- what I want to focus on and bring mm. out? And then I kind of have the, the openness to kind of adapt and, and move and change some exactly. certain details, for example, because just to just to fill in, I'll, I'm going to throw it back to you because I want to ask you. I want to move on to you next hour so anyway. Um, but like the, just to just to kind of let people know how we structured this, we didn't go to you guys in the embers and say, "Hey, give us three stories on these three te- three themes." We said, no. "Pick three, do whatever the fuck you want. Give us three stories, and then we'll echo them." Um, and like you know, Aaron, I was saying you you know, I I think if I had done that story, I might have echoed the journey. Yeah. Um, rather than the love story, but I do think it's very, that's pre- it's fairly characteristic of the two of us in terms of what we focus on. Um, you're definitely a romantic at heart, and like I think you're absolutely right in in your choice of Boan and the Dagda because I think it really does echo some of those strong themes in in Sam's story. So, will you talk a little bit about how you came to that and what the parallels are? And then sure. we can. Sure. Yeah. 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 No. Thanks. Because. Um... My brain was beginning to skip around with all of the things I wanted to say all at once. Um, no, I mean, uh, the one of the, you know, the greatest tragedies of any lover is to lose uh, somebody that you love. And that's definitely in uh, Isis and Hypnos and her desire then to go underground to find, you know, some way, uh, uh, some way back to the love that she had. The other side of that cold, harsh awfulness is being stuck in a relationship that is not good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's probably more of a fabrication or a joining of dots that we've found in, in mythology or Irish mythology. Nuada of the Silver Arm is a very well kind of named character in a lot of the, uh, the lower Gawala or the old stories of the book invasions. He comes up quite a lot. Boan is mentioned as his husband, sorry, wife. <laughs> um, She's a river goddess. She can be whoever she wants. Exactly. But, and she has the invisibility cloak. Uh, she falls in love with the dog that has this beautiful story about her. And the silver arm of, of, of Nuit is mentioned. And she can only be away for one day. Again, that's something that's written. And she tells the dog that she can't go away from that more than one day. But I, th- I thought the tragedy of losing a lover or losing love in a loving relationship is also so tragic. Um, and how it happens, we don't know. But I thought that it's it's same, same, but different. You know, it's still mm-hmm. heartbreak. It's still loss. And, you know, it still leaves you numb and dead inside. 
and and that kind of her walking around being completely invisible she just didn't have a place to go whereas at least isis did she knew she had the direction for her journey and she sought it out uh, you know I, I guess boan was less was less uh premeditative but she mm. was intuitively following something and it brought her to the dogda and the start of spring and the opening up of love and life again and then yeah. the dogda kind of allowing her fall into that with him uh was her journey much like her isis's journey back to love um with her partner that doesn't last very long and then i kind of i realized i, I, I kind of <laughs> I, I kind of realized when i was at the well or no sorry i realized uh when i was telling the story and i call it just told it all in one go because i'd been thinking about it for about a week and a half or two weeks and i just realized i needed to get through a load more because it was still on the season shit 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 and like it actually i kind of gathered this pace and this momentum of the time that she got to the well i was kind of half planning and doing this kind of uh similar echo to your big mad kind of trippy thing and i just ended up doing like a little bit tip to the hat and she went down the well the and they're okay and gone because i don't have time to tell this bit of the story and i felt like i just wanted to keep it moving but the story tells you in a bit of a way as well you know your emotions of the day get told and, and whatever journey i was was just i just needed to get through it and it was just going through me and it was just more powerful to get to that end where she just drowns yeah. And it's you know that's that's the way the story kind of came out in in as much as I had it premeditated and then didn't. Uh, so yeah, I guess that answers that question. Mm. I think that's that's a that's a, a a real thing in in the telling of stories as well is like that they they kind of change as we're telling them, and they change depending on the audience that we're telling them to. And that's mm. always kind of that can be really interesting to tell the same story at different times and be like, oh, I really kind of landed mm. harder on that bit this time, and I didn't. What's going on there? <laughs> it can be yeah. an interesting kind of self-reflective thing, almost. Um, so, Sam, you having uh, been told, I actually just want to like as a theoretical exercise, if we were to throw it back to you to echo mm. Boan and Dagda with a different story that wasn't Iris oh, and Hypnos. Three Rivers. Hey. Three Rivers. It's about uh, these rivers in Devon and they flow, one of them, they flow, there's three of them flowing together and then two, then one of them leaves and then two become one and they flow off. And um, yeah, it, it, you can track it all the way down to Devon and it's a story and I can't, ever remember the names of the bloody rivers and I used to live in Devon and it's a nightmare <laughs> um but Lonan tells the story delightfully um oh, lovely and it's you know it's about lovers going off and meeting and drifting apart and um yeah and, and as I was hearing it your story I was like there's always a link there's always uh the, what always I think is very fun about this is that I think we could nearly make this series infinite this for, is I mean, like story gorgeous. tennis and just like, yeah. here's a story, here's a different story, here's a different story, here's, and that they, they would all fucking link Absolutely. one to the next to the next. I just wanted to throw it out, like, because I thought as well, because it made me think about my story where the character of Alakun has lost her husband who she loves and she becomes static. And that's where the sickness comes in, because she stays still. And that's, you know, we can all relate to that, that feeling of, of uh of stagnation is a nightmare and um and with your one it's just this this lady well this this river deity drifting along and it was gorgeous the way you 
you went through and hearing the sound of the seasons coming in and it was that for me yeah you don't really listen to the seas I would never think of listening to the seasons but but no but it's a really beautiful thing to to bring in if you are this you're drifting drifting along this flow of life and um and hearing them come in mm. and um and what I got as well was this like wonderful sense of flowing through of just flowing through it and going through it and and I know that might not have been the intention there but what I got from it was you have to keep moving like when we when you go through someone something life is still flowing you have to keep going and who knows what you're going to find just round the next bank yeah. and yeah. for me it was uh a case of so I, I see uh my story Iris and Hypnos it's about acceptance acceptance is the answer to all your problems like you need to accept where you're at and when you accept where you're at you can move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and uh, and and having that love as the root of everything as it always is with all myth I think love is to you know, love. Mm-hmm. and um and it's the fact that even even the people way back in in ancient ancient island had the same view as the people in ancient Greece, had the same view as the people in ancient Britain, that the gods will stop the world for love. And I mm. think that that is just divine. And, yeah. um, and it got me thinking as well, like this tennis is, is like you're saying, it's, it's, we're reaching through and we're touching each other through a different time and place. And that's what stories do. And you realize with, with folk tales, they're tales of the folk, of the mm-hmm. people and you know, people are great, no matter what country they're from. I always love the people, hate the government, love the people. <laughs> and you realise that, that the people that are in charge of us, that have done these awful things throughout history, are just, that's not the folk, you know. And these tales which people were telling, crowded round fires, you know, sharing whatever little they had and keeping each other warm, entertained and loved through these stories, no matter where they were in the world, they're the folk. They're the, and yeah. that's why they're about, you know, love, joy, uh, rags to riches, someone bettering someone, um, the meddlings of kings in everyone else's bloody lives, and all that stuff. And it's, <laughs> it's just gorgeous. And we yeah. realize, like, we have the um, at the end of Iris and Hypnos, Tim Carp does a lovely rendition of um, uh, uh, the, the, the Dubliners. Sorry, the song I forgot to mention, the beautifully sang song, um, which I had forgotten to mention, a completely slip of mind. And it was such a, so evocative. And I think that does uh, so, such a beautiful link up between what live music can do in echoing what's kind of going on for you emotionally. That story then can really challenge the mind and keep it mm-hmm. on track and really immerse you in all the details where songs are so evocative. They go well together so beautifully. And I think it was just a particularly well matched uh, piece already. And, and that's why yeah. we wanted to have it uh, just blend it in. Was, I was because it was as I was putting this story together. Um, and and what you said um, completely uh, resonated with me, which was, you know, these these stories. When you tell the story, you're a different person. When you tell it again a year later, and you go, oh, actually, I'm bringing that bit out. And <laughs> and I remember um, I was walking along, and I was going through a big Dubliners phase, and was just listening to a lot of Dubliners. Okay. And I remember hearing Luke Kelly belting out this tune about. Uh, 
a, a, you know, someone coming all soaked to the skin and wanting to come in and asking his love to wake up. And it just was resonated with the, the themes of this story so much. And um, when we do it live, like Carp begins playing as she's, uh, as she lets Sakes into her bedroom, he starts beginning the, the opening melodies and any people who are into the Dubliners know what's coming next. And it was just like, how, this, this works perfectly. This perfectly matches. And um, it was just a wonderful piece of synchronicity, serendipity, uh, you know, what, what have you. The divine forces of storytelling coming through and being like, come this way. Yeah. Wonderful moments of inspiration. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, I think, look, um, that's probably a really nice place to leave it there. Um, So, Sam, do you have anything that you'd like to plug that you haven't already plugged for the Embers or for yourself? Um, Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, um, please check out the Embers Collective podcast and on so we're on soho radio as well which is a independent radio station in london if you like hearing um stories and chat and music as i'm sure you do if you're listening to the candidate tales and me personally um there's the piano teeth podcast if you like things a little bit more absurd dark scary and weird um and then also jim clap um i'm releasing a i'll be releasing a podcast with that character soon as well but other than that, the only thing I just want to plug, good, clean living, be well, and uh, and please keep engaging with live performances. It is going to save the world. And ignore Beautiful. whatever's going on with the powers that be. Stick with the folk and the folk tales, because we have so much more in common, wherever you are in the world. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love well, it. listen, we'll have the Embers Collective over in Ireland at some stage. As soon as possible. As soon as possible. Can we come? Are, are we allowed in the country yet? British people. Yeah, I think we, the ban is lifted, know. or have we lifted the ban? I can't remember. We'll we'll smuggle you in in a suitcase soon, love. Yeah. Um, and we'll get you over. We'll definitely tell some stories. And if not, we'll be tennising, tennising, racketing back that. Uh, I don't know. Story. I'm I'm now I'm now fully into the idea of just story tennis and seeing story how long tennis. we can keep that. You see, you see how long we can keep <laughs> a volley it going. going. Let's keep, <laughs> keep it going. going. Let's keep it going, man. I, I, honestly, going. I'll mention it to Lonan and I'll and I'll ask him about the three rivers. Yeah, because um, you're doing a chat with him at some point, aren't you? Yeah, um, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, nice yeah. one. We'll link in, we'll think. All right, listen, Sam, All an right. absolute pleasure. By let best of luck with uh, the piano teeth, um, and, and everything, everything else. Everything. And you guys, lovely to see you as always. Take care. You too. Uh, enjoy Wrong the one. night. Be well. <laughs>